Welcome to Event Up, the place where people enthusiastic about events stay in the know on the latest trends within the events industry. Live, hybrid, and virtual experiences. From virtual events to conferences, award galas, and everything in between. Here's your host, Amanda Ma. Hello, welcome to Event Up, the place to get the latest and greatest in event news, ideas, and topics. In this episode, we will be discussing company culture, hiring best practices, and how to attract top talent. Today, I'm joined by Andrea Hoffer with Ah Recruiting Experts. Andrea Hoffer has been in the business of hiring, leading, and motivating people for over 25 years. She is currently the founder and CEO of Aha Recruiting Experts. The core purpose of AHA is to give leaders their time and freedom back by helping them attract, engage, and retain team members who believe and support their mission. Andrea, a formal spa owner where she managed 35 employees, knows firsthand the everyday challenges of motivating employees, exceeding customer expectations, and meeting business and revenue goals. She struggles with a high turnover and lack of good candidates. After some research and a lot of trial and error, she perfected a hiring process that gets results. Andrea is now using the experience and knowledge to help companies recruit, hire, and onboard, as well as engage their team members. Her talk speaks to business owners and CEOs and organizational leaders. She will inspire you to take action with her clear-cut action steps that have proven to get results. I'm so excited to have her here today. Andrea, let's go ahead and jump right in. Sounds good, Amanda. Thank you. Um, if you could tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you got into this industry. Well, let's see. I have a very uh, diverse background. I actually started in higher education, working on college and college campuses and universities. And that's what my degree was in. That's where a lot of my experience was. And I, I think it was a really good training ground for, for what I'm doing now, because we, we had a process when it came to hiring and not even just hiring for employees to work on the campus, but also when we were selecting student leaders. And that was always ingrained in me. And then later on, when I went off into business, but, um, on my own and I had a spa and I was one day thinking, you know, there's gotta be a better way to hire. Cause we, we didn't have a process. We would just hire people when they come in and say, Hey, I need a job. And we always had a job and we just were not getting the right people. And, and I'm like, why am I not going back to my original training? And so, you know, I just sort of went back to all the different ways we used to do things on college campuses and what worked and looked at what the best practices were today and started developing different methods that started to really work. And from there, it started to get attention from other business owners who said, hey, can you do that for me too? And little by little, AHA was born and I eventually sold the spa and and AHA became my, my number one business. That's wonderful. You're able to help other people recruit top talents because as a business owner, I can definitely relate. That takes so much time. So when you have an expert like yourself or AHA recruiting, it's so helpful for the business owner or for our organization. 
So what is something that you're most proud of professionally that took place recently and why? Well, most recently, you know, during a very difficult time for a lot of businesses during the pandemic, and especially recruitment firms were, you know, were closing their doors or laying people off. We actually grew tremendously. We, we doubled our revenue in 2020 and we're actually on track to more than double our revenue in 2021. And in, I'm very proud of that. And, and I think it's because we're just very different than the typical recruitment firm. And we really get involved and partner with our clients and support them and coach them and, and teach them. Cause it's not all about just finding them the right person. It's also helping them to become better interviewers and better employers and, and um, a better hiring process for the future. And I think that's why we grew during that time instead of closing our doors or, or shrinking. And I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. That's amazing, especially turnover is expensive, right? So when you find a great recruiting or a great hiring process, it definitely helps alleviate that turnover or at least minimize it, right? And it's, I know for business, it's frustrating trying to, you know, go, it's like a cycle, right? So it's kind of, I think you're part, you take them really through the process. So that's really wonderful to hear. And we'll dive in a little bit deeper in a bit. And given the situation of like the pandemic, definitely the workplace trends are changing, right? Mm -hmm. So the, due to pandemic, a lot of people were work, were forced to work from home and then they realized, hey, I love it. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you also have people who work from home and who are just completely not productive. I definitely heard my share of, of horror stories and I'm very grateful because my team is amazing and I didn't have issues like that, but I definitely hear other people's and I just, couldn't believe what they were experiencing, like a lot, right? So what are some trends that you could share with us what we should be, I don't know, expect in the next, you know, six months or a year? Well, I think we're seeing things already, right? And, it, and it's just going to continue. And the pandemic really started getting people thinking and thinking about what do I truly want? in life and what do I want my my day-to-day -to, -day to look like I'm not just looking for work anymore I'm not just looking for a job and because of that the potential candidates the employees are being very discerning about you know where they take take a job and in some ways I think this is really helpful in the long run to employers because I don't think we'll see at least I hope as much job hopping because they're looking to find a job that they'll be happy at for a while. But at the same time, they're putting things like flexibility with their time, being able to maybe come and go a little bit more and, and balance their life within that schedule. Um, they're looking for great growth opportunities that, you know, I hear this constantly from, from candidates, you know, well, what's my next step? What am I going to be able to do if I take this job? What, you know, what can I grow into? Um, they are often looking to work, work from home or at least some sort of hybrid approach. Because again, that goes with that, that work-life balance. They, they love the fact that they can save time and money on, compute, on commuting um, and just you know, be there for their kids if they have kids or, or family. 
And so these things have become, while they've always been important, they've become number one priority for candidates. But it's not just that. They're looking for a place that they feel like they're really appreciated. They're seen as people. They can bond with their coworkers. They know that they're respected. Um, you know, and they just feel like it's more than just a job. And sometimes that's hard to create, especially virtually. And so it's, it's something that you really want to think about as you continue to think, you know, to create your culture at your business. It's true. At our own agency, you know, we did really well during remote time. Um, but obviously, we're in the business of events, right? So we, we are doing virtual, but then the live events are coming back. So live events, we have to be there in person. I can't send in a robot. So we are hybrid, right? Rather than going back to our original, everybody in five days a week, we adjusted too, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, I don't think that's the lifestyle I want for myself. So why would I do that to my team? So let's try out this hybrid. As long as productivity is good, we could keep it this way, right? So it becomes win-win. So they get more flexibility, but then also the company still get you know, half staff that's in person <laughs> for their in-person events. Andrea, I'm sure, you know, you hire so many people. Like, what are some of your top hiring practices that you can share with us today? Okay, so I always say to clients and when I speak that before you can even post a job or think about hiring somebody, you really need to know what you're looking for. And, and when I say that, I mean, not just a job title, you need to know what, what results are you looking from this position? You know, what are the things that this person's gonna be, be held accountable for? What are the success traits? That's what we like to call them. The, the traits that you know, you've seen in the past, or you know, they need to have, they need to be good at in order to be successful in this position the way you want them to be successful. And then in addition to that, what are the core values of your company? And if you don't know the core values of your company, figure it out, do some exercises, really get to know, you know, what are the things that are most important to you that you want to instill of everybody on your team so that every time they make a decision, every time they show up in a certain situation, they're living these values. And you know, if they're always living those values, then, then you don't have to worry about anything because you know they're going to make the right decisions. And those things are very important to know and to share in the hiring process because you want to attract people who are going to fit with that. So before you can put that out there, you have to know what it is. And you also have to know what is it that you have to offer. You know, part of what you have to offer is your culture, is your core values, but is there anything else? Do you believe in investment professional development? Is there a growth path? Do you have flexibility? Um, why do people love working for your company? Ask them, find out and put, you know, really um, embrace that and know that. And then why do people leave your company? Because I'm a big believer in transparency in recruitment. So tell them, tell them what the challenges are, because some of those challenges that might deter certain candidates or you've lost people for might attract other candidates. And those are probably the right ones. And so that's what you really want to, 
to get to know, to do some exercises, to really have a true feeling for who you're looking for. And then you want to go out there and, and put some material, whether it's a job posting, um, or we like to actually not only do traditional job postings, but do some visuals, you know, go to social media, have pictures, have videos, have things that um, somebody can actually feel like they're sort of interacting with and getting a really good feel for what it would be like to, to work with your company. And th those are really the best, the best practices as far as recruiting. It's not about writing a traditional job posting and posting it to as many job boards anymore. That really isn't working. <laughs> I mean, we do that just to cover the basis, but I can't even think in the last few years of any candidate that we actually um, hired from a, a job board um, recently, especially since the pandemic. I agree. I mean, just like the candidates want to stand out, we also want to stand out as a company. Right. Like, why would they want to come work here? And there's so many articles on it. I just read one recently where this company, they they do such a fantastic job where people actually relocate, move to different country, in fact, so that mm. they can work for this company that's based in is somewhere in Singapore or something on the Southeast Asia. I was just really impressed. I mean, I had someone come as far like from San Diego who, you know, but from a different country, goals. I have goals. <laughs> yeah. It's a good goal That's to have. <laughs> yeah. And so what is the best way to attract top talents then? You know, I think for us, we do many different ways. And you're right. Like starting with our vision, mission, and our values. And we definitely carry that throughout, not just in the recruiting process, but how we run our agency and how we do our performance review. So it's a whole ecosystem. But in terms of what are some best ways to attract the best talent that's out there? Well, the first thing is to build on what, what I was talking about previously. Get it out there why you're employer of choice. Use social media. Keep putting things out there about awards you get. Highlight your current team. You know, have quotes from them. Make sure you have testimonials from current employees and past employees there, um, especially on Glassdoor, but also on, on your social media, because we are a testimonial review society. We don't buy anything without checking a review first. It's the same thing with applying for a job. They're gonna go to Glassdoor, they're gonna go to Indeed and see what people have said about you. So make sure that there's something there especially if you're a smaller to mid-sized company that maybe they haven't heard of you before, you, you wanna put enough out on the internet to really give them a feel of what your employer brand is. And the employer brand is um, you know, what it's like to work there, what you believe in as an employer and, and why it's so special to be a part of your team. And then always be recruiting always have that information out there. Continue to allow people to, to contact you if they're interested in joining your team. Even if you don't have a current um, opening, you can still have a conversation with them or even just send them an email and say, you know, we're so happy that you're interested in joining our team. We, we don't have anything right now, but we anticipate within whatever the amount of time is that we will. And then, then nurture them. Keep in contact, put them on your, your um, newsletter, especially if you have one specific for, for candidates. Let them know what's going on with your company so that when you do have an opening, you now have a pipeline of people who are actually interested in your specific 
company that you that you can reach out to and and treat them well you know when people do apply make sure you communicate them we, we have a candidate promise with our company that we will have some sort of communication with them within every three business days and we try to do it within 24 hours, but our promises within three business days. So that even if we don't have any inf new information for them, we are just at least touching them and, and letting them know, hey, we, we know, you know, you're still interested. And, you know, we're still interested in you. We just we don't have any additional information right now. And that that will mean a lot. And that will spread to other candidates. So if you treat candidates well during one process, it's going to help you in in the long run. I love the tip um, on always be hiring. We certainly do that. You know, we're actually currently hiring for a new accounts because our team is growing. So another accounts manager does corporate events. But two months ago, actually, I had someone reach out to me and say, hey, you know, do you guys have an opening? Mm -hmm. I would love to apply. And I was like, just exactly like you said, like, let me save your information and guess what? Recently, when we opened up that position, I sent it to her. I said, by the way, it is open now. <laughs> it's available because <laughs> you never know, right? Yeah. Sometimes also timing, um, but I love it when we can see people in action, right? That's why there's some people, the joke within my family is if I'm getting somebody's number, my husband, no, I'm not just, you know, it's, it's always <laughs> professional, whether it's guy or the girls. <laughs> so, you know, it's, Definitely. When you see that good person, get their number, right? Just yeah. always be recruiting. Yeah, actually, we um, we made these cards that say um, you made an impression. And mm -hmm. we actually bought the URL, you made an impression.com. And so especially with retail, because we um, when we first started, we had a lot, we, you know, we started to grow with doing more of those customer facing positions, customer service, food service. And so we would carry these cards and I would give them to my clients as well and say, if you interact with somebody, if you have a great server, you know, just give them the card. You made an impression.com and, and it would bring them to our site to join the, the database and, the, and there'd be a part of saying, um, you know, how did you get this? And so it was a, a way to, to keep in contact with different people who who made an impression, who were great at customer service, who we want to be able to reach out to in the future. I love that you made an impression. Okay, maybe we need to make some here too. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. Okay, now let's go to the other end of the spectrum. So when we're interviewing, what are some red flags that we should be looking out for? Sure, so first I'm gonna share our kind of power phrase. We whenever we're interviewing, most of our interview questions will ask for specific examples. So we want to hear from candidates how they showed up in certain situations in the past. And we always try to kind of put in that phrase specific examples. So one red flag to us would be if we ask for specific examples over and over again, and they're talking in very generalities, and we try to like really kind of coach them that we're looking for specific, well, they're not listening, right? They're just giving us sort of canned answers. And that that could be a concern because you want somebody who can communicate, who are really listening to what, what you're asking them. But the other side of it 
if they're talking generalities and they say, you should do this or, um, you know, always do that instead of saying how they showed up in the, in the past, then um, that can be a red flag as well. Because again, they're kind of just giving you the answer they think you want. And if you're not listening carefully, you might be just kind of hearing, oh yeah, yeah, that all sounds great. That's how I want them to show up in my business. But they're not telling you that that's how they've showed up in the past. They're telling you they know that's how they should, but it doesn't mean they actually did. So for example, um, one question I'm, I'm not a big fan of, but is often asked with a customer service position, you know, um, could you give us uh, an example or, um, you know, tell us, how um, you would really go above and beyond for a customer. And so if a candidate is just keeps saying like, you know, well, you should do, you know, whatever they ask and, and you should do this and you should do that instead of giving a specific example of a, of a client who or a customer that they interact with where maybe there was some sort of challenge and walking you through the details of how they overcame it. So that's kind of, the, did, does that make sense? The difference between it? Um, so the more details you can get from a candidate of how they've handled different situations in the past, the better you'll get to know of how they're gonna show up for you if, if you hire them. But if you can't get those details, then they probably don't have them because it's very difficult to lie in details. Um, so they may, may be a red flag for you, may not be the right fit. And also one of the trick that I learned is when they start, when it starts gen, you know, very general and you want them to get to tell you more, I just say, tell me more. Yeah. And you wait, like, don't try to say anything. Wait, pause, hold that thought, let them say it. Right. And then you could dig even deeper. Tell me more. Right. They're, you know, and I love the one to give the one that say, okay, you know, you had an upset. Have, tell me the time when you had an upset client. What did you do to come back from that, right? Because it happens in our industry. Sometimes, and a lot of times it's not on you, it's more just on the situation. And you can't, you, you know, I'm looking for people that won't take it personally, that's able to rise above the situation, that stays calm, right? And not fight back with the client. <laughs> right, and, and just to, so kind of piggyback on the question that you gave. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we often will say, could you give us a specific example? Because there's our power phrase of a time you had to deal with a very difficult client. Now, what we won't say is how did you resolve it? Or how did you come back from it? It's, it's as you mentioned, or, yeah. you know, um, or even did the client walk away happy? We'll just leave it hanging you know, just tell us what happened and, and see what they share. Because if they share, they tell you the situation, they tell us what happened, but then sort of leave it on a negative, then that might be how it ended. But if we say to them, tell us how you resolve it, they may actually tell us how to resolve it, but that might not have been what happened. So the really good candidates are going to tell you how they resolved it or how they um, approached the situation to come to the best solution possible. And they often will even tell you what they learned from it 
and what they'll do in the future to ensure a, a better outcome. That's great. I'm going to try that next time. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to listen to this episode so I could take notes too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Andrea, what are some tips that you have for us today on building very strong company cultures? I know here at Innovate Marketing Group, that's one of our strengths and something I'm super passionate about and that I put a lot of time and energy on, like we do culture events, you know, things like that. But what tips do you have for us? Again, it, it really comes back to being intentional and, and a lot of what, what you just said. Um, so everybody has a culture, right? Whether you try to have a culture or not, there's some sort of culture. There's some sort of dynamic of, of and people kind of know what to expect or don't know what to expect. Um, so it's not really about having a strong culture. It's about having an intentional culture. And so you have to decide what kind of culture you want to, to develop. And it's something you have to constantly work on. And I'm, I'm always aware of it and it's you know doing events and and having ways of bonding is definitely one thing that I think is very important especially if you have a virtual team and I also think um, and I'm a very structure oriented thinker so I love bringing it back to the core values because that gives me by, by having specific you know four or five values that I feel is important that I want to hire around. I also want to use those core values to reward and recognize people. So um, for example, when I owned my spa, we had certain core values and I wanted to recognize people living those values. So I had these postcards made where on one side it said, thank you for living our core values and it had our logo and the other side it listed, all it did was list the core values. And I think we had maybe a little short description of each and then it was writable. So what we did was I said to the managers, whenever somebody on the team does anything big or small that's living one of our core values, I want you to write on this card, you know, which circle, which one, one or two or how many values they lived and what specifically what they did. So they know hey, you were living our core values when you did this. So you know, this is a behavior we want to see over and over again and, and give it. And then it, was, it started to be very popular. And then I said, you know what? Everybody can give it to each other. So I just said, here are the cards. Anybody who wants to recognize anybody on the team, do it. So I left for a couple of days um, and came back. And I kid you not, <laughs> these postcards, they were like, I don't even know how many of them filled out, given the different people, plastered all over the office walls and all over the break walls of, of team members recognizing each other. And to me, that's an intentional way of, or just one way, you know, of really building your culture of, of record. And it wasn't like they were getting anything for it, it besides recognition. And by, you know, people want, most people want to do a good job. You know, and, and most people want to be recognized in, in some way. And so I think if you really know what are, you know, what are those values that you want everybody to live each day and find different ways to recognize them, uh, it, that is a good way to, to build the culture that you want. Um, and just saying thank you, too. I mean, I know it seems so simple, 
but really remembering even especially in times of stress and i've had to remind myself of that a lot and now it comes very naturally to me but to to just be like you may be under stress but probably the person who's working for you is under stress too and just recognizing that and checking in check-ins are huge if you know um anytime i i'm talking to one of my team members especially if they just seem a little off I don't let anything slide. I just want to check in and make sure, you know, are you okay? Is there anything that you need? And it might not be, and it usually isn't something from work that's bothering them, but they're still a, a person, right? So you just want to recognize them as a whole and, and see if you can be helpful. And sometimes certain things at work can, can wait a little bit you know, um, so that you can recognize what's going on with that person. That's remarkable. I mean, I love the intentional recognition. You know, we do that here also. We actually built it into our weekly meeting. So we have a section that's called IMG wins and recognition. And especially the part you say, it shouldn't just be manager to, you know, the next level. It should be all around. So we usually open that up and I love it what to hear people are recognizing each other because sometimes it's not even something you're aware of, yeah. right? But they'll say, like most recently, we in, within our office, because we have a lot of events coming up and there's lots of shipment coming in. So our office is piling up. And then our office coordinator, our superstar office coordinator. So one of the event coordinator actually asked the office coordinator, like, hey, do you think you could get, where, where else can we store all these things? Right. So they came up with the idea by themselves to ask the property managers because there's some empty, there's some offices that moved out in the building. So they're like, why don't we ask the property manager to see if we could use one of those empty units? And then I, I just overheard this and I was like, amazing. And next thing you know, the property manager said, yes, I didn't have to pay extra. So I'm happy. Right. <laughs> but the fact that they're coordinating with each other and they recognize each other for the effort, I think that's amazing. That's how it, that's exactly how the culture should be, right? And then we also do something really fun here, which is whenever we sign a new client, I buy the entire team here boba drink. You don't have to be a boba lover. If you don't drink it, it's okay. But it's just something fun. I wanted to celebrate, right? A lot of times we work so hard on these proposals, you get it and then you dive right into work. And when it's over, we bounce to the next event. Where's the celebration? Where's the fun? So we yeah. really create that culture of fun and engagement he, even here because we do that for a living, right? So we want to make sure we even live and breathe that. So I love that. I think we should celebrate every time we make a placement. I'm going to, I'm saying that on air <laughs> so that if my team's listening now, we'll, we'll figure out what that celebration is going to be. Yeah, then it becomes like everybody celebrating together, you know, and then they're like, hey, we haven't had a boba drink in a while. When's our next new client coming? Right. <laughs> that's what I want, you know, so that's really great. Yay. And Andrea, <laughs> you have a virtual workforce. So yes. what, is, what do you do to kind of keep them accountable? So one is trust, but at the same time, even with, with trust, you have to make sure the expectations are very clear of, of what you're looking for. Cause sometimes it's, it's not that, um, somebody's not doing what they're, 
they're supposed to be doing. They just don't know what they're supposed to be doing. So we try to be very clear about the parameters, about what we're looking for, about what the steps are and, and any kind of deadlines. So we've actually embraced a lot of different virtual tools. I, I um, that to make things a lot easier and with accountability, but also with my time so that I'm not here worrying late at night. Oh, was this done? Was that done? And then, you know, trying to email or get somebody on the phone saying, did you do it? All I have to do is log on to the dashboard and, and see it was done or see if there was a comment of, you know, why something's being held up. And I think some sort of tool, it doesn't have to be, you know, as elaborate as monday.com, but there are lots of different tools out there that are even free, like Trello. Um, we were using that before. That really helps with that communication. So you're making it very clear what needs to be done and when it needs to be done. And then you have a way of just kind of checking in there. But we also, um, we use Slack. We're on Slack all day long, kind of messaging to each other. And so we know people are engaged and, and working. I know sometimes there's that fear with virtual that, you know, are they clocked in, but they're really at the beach, you know, like, um, but I'm also, I don't hold people to specific hours and unless there are certain meetings that need to be, you know, attended to, um, my team knows that I do want them to work the bulk of their hours during the normal work day, but we actually have a channel on Slack called time away. So if somebody needs to take a half a day to go to a doctor's appointment, or they want to go to the beach, they just put on there, Hey, I'm not going to be in, you know, for the next four hours, I will be back tonight and we'll return emails, you know, or, or whatever. So I know things are getting done, even if it's not during the traditional hours. And I, I think that really helps with accountability too, because to me, all I care about is that we're filling positions in a timely manner with good people. The clients are happy. The candidates are happy. As long as that's all happening, then, um, you know, whether somebody worked from eight to five or worked four hours in the morning and four hours at night or whatever, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter to me. So I think that's how accountability has really worked for us. And then I also have one-on-ones with everybody in my team every week. As we grow, that might become more difficult. I might have to do it every other week, <laughs> but you know, that, that way we do check-ins. I see how they're doing. I ask if they need help with anything and I get a really good update um, on where each job is at. I love that. I love that. So many great tips today. I, I wrote a few down, being clear about what culture you want to create. Because like you said, every culture is different, right? Mm -hmm. We really created what we call our IMG culture and we love it. And, you know, it really shows on our social media and our marketing, right? So some people even say, oh my God, it looks so fun. Like you guys do a lot of fun, like great events, but it looks like you guys also have fun. And that's exactly true. Second, always be hiring. Third, using leveraging technology like a monday.com to help to hold your team accountable. This has been incredible, Andrea. What is the best way for the audience to get in touch with you? There's several, several different ways. Um, I do. So if you go to aha hiring tools with an s.com, um, you'll, you'll see a kind of a landing page where you can sign up to get our irresistible job posting kit. 
So we actually, a few months ago, decided we would just give this away because our, the question we get the most is, how do I write a job posting that's going to attract the best person? Um, and now there are some exercises in that kit that you need to do. You can't just sit down and, and write the, the posting, but it includes a wizard where once you've done the exercises, it will walk you through uh, designing that posting. So according to the, the formula that we, we like to use. Um, so you can go there if you want some, some good tips on the postings. Um, you also can go um, to andrea360.com, A-N-D-R-E-A-360.com, and it will have all of my contact information there. You could email me, you could send me a message on WhatsApp, you can see all my social media. Any way you want to contact me, it is all on that page. If you just want to go to the traditional website, it's a ha recruitingexperts.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, Andrea, for joining us today. And for those tuning in, if you have any question or if you're interested in AHA Recruiting Experts, please reach out to Andrea. As you guys can see, she's definitely the recruiting expert. Thank you for tuning in today's episode of Event Up. If your company is looking to level up your event experience, we are your solution. We do all the work. You take all the credit. Give us a call. We have a series of webinars coming up where we will be covering virtual events 101, deep dive and engagement, and going back to live events. Go to our website to register for these upcoming webinars. And don't forget to share and subscribe for more episodes. We'll chat with you next time. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time on Event Up.